to Expounded Universe, Season 22, Episode 8. Have a blessed Howdenween! The book, Star Wars X-Wing Race Squadron by A.A. Ron Alston. The year, 1998. Chapters 15 and 16, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Expounded Universe. It's me, Jeff, joined, as always, by John, who's right over there. Hello. There he is. Hi. He's really far away. Hello. Yeah, I, I, we have prob- I should have started recording with him right next to the microphone. Hey, okay, there I'm here. There we go. Yeah, he just he just ran the fastest I've ever seen him move. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like a little speedy guy. Yeah, that was like John noticing they're putting out a new pizza at the buffet. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm at that CC's and they put out that good pizza. The good one. The the, the rare blessed good one is out. <laughs> oh, it is fresh and new. How come there's so many jalapeno pineapple ones? Someone's going to take those jalapeno and pineapple pizzas. <laughs> That's going to sit there all goddamn day. Until they do, you're not getting a regular ass pepperoni one. <laughs> Why would we possibly make a cheese pizza when we could continue to make, you know, ham and fish? <laughs> Back before I started the diet, one of the last places I took Sage to was a, a pizza buffet. Mm-hmm. Like a local place, not a CC's. I don't know where there is a CC's. And uh, when they brought out, I saw people running because they they put out a regular ass pepperoni. <laughs> people fucking stampede and, that And they were shit. like, oh, within a second, two guys each took half the pizza and walked away. And you can see the owner just shaking his head angrily because he needs to put another pepperoni out now. <laughs> yeah. You have a fucking pizza buffet. It should be at least... Probably half or three quarters just pepperoni. Yeah. How come no one's touching this spinach and artichoke one? Because it's not pepperoni. People pay. People don't put together pizza and buffet and are like, I'd like the healthiest pizza you make, please. Yeah. <laughs> no one's up there like, ooh, this one is just a nice garlic on there. You're like, No, man. No one just wants a shitty little topping. And no one wants to eat this shit pizza either because they know eventually you're going to put out regular ass pepperoni and you're going to be sitting there with a stomach full of what? Corn? <laughs> this is on you. Oh no, I got the peas and mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I filled up on that and then they put out a pepperoni. Yeah, well, not a problem for me anymore. Nope. Nope. The pizza is a thing of my past. <laughs> pizza is one of the ones where like, I can't even you know, come up with a reasonable approximation. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Like, I, I'd have to change every single ingredient out for something else, and what's left at the end would be insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, at that point, you're just like, ah, oh, good. I've got a cauliflower crust yeah. and vegan cheese. Yeah, non-tomato sauce and some kind of non-pepperoni meat, and this is just sad. I'm not... Oh. It's like a photocopy of a pizza is what I'm eating. Oh, someone has has basically just described a pizza to me, and now I'm looking at... The crap that, like, <laughs> looks like it came out of a craft day at a kindergarten. Yeah, it's like Star Trek, uh, what do you call them? They're food replicators. Star Trek replicator day one. Yeah. Like, pizza, like, please. Pizza, and it's Hot. like, I assume this. <laughs> like, okay, nope. Okay, Gotta well, work on the calibrations here. You gotta assume they go through a lot of testing to get the holodeck or the replicators to work in any kind of reasonable capacity, right? <laughs> I mean, I have to assume you gotta put in a lot of, like baseline stuff where you can just like put a pizza into the thing and go hey scan this that's what a pizza is yeah 
I mean, I assume that the first time Picard used it, he got a sexy, tiny little transgendered Earl Grey. <laughs> Hot. Hot. He's a T Earl Grey. Hot. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, uh, how you doing? <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. Uh, so, you want to talk about the book? Yeah. On that dumb note. So when last we left our heroes, they had met back up with the uh, New Republic and uh, they have stolen the Night Caller and uh, they're going to go around and do all the shit that this ship was going to do. Mm -hmm. They were getting a bunch of head pats and free toys and shit. Yeah, they were like, all right, well, hey, Admiral Akbar, we did a weird, stupid thing. And he's like, you certainly did. That's great. You guys are always doing weird, stupid things, and I love it, but I (laughs) want you to stop it and be my general. You guys are always saying goodnight to guys. (laughs) So Wedge, you wrecked 20 (laughs) X-Wings. No, I didn't. My office now. <laughs> We're in your office. <laughs> what happened to you? Turn in your badge and gun. <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, have decided that they are going to use this to trap Warlord Zinge, and their main plan is to have the Nightcaller show up where it's supposed to be, do its normal stuff, talk to whoever they're supposed to talk to, do their shit, mm-hmm. and then... Right afterwards, they're going to send the Wraiths in to go fuck up wherever they just visited so that Zinj thinks that they are being followed. Yes. And then they can close a trap around the old warlord. Yes. And at the same time, they are going to uh, basically immediately after they show up and offer Imperial protection or semi-Imperial protection to these these uh, random planets on the backwaters, they're going to they're going to show up as Wraiths. And take out all the Empire shit to let these people that, know. That, that is what I said. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not there yet to let <laughs> no. these people know that they aren't actually safe working with Zinj, thus pushing them conveniently push back into the, Just, into the uh, welcoming arms of the New it. Republic. <laughs> See? I didn't say the exact same thing. <laughs> Pretty close. Not even slightly. <laughs> Beyond the initial pitch, it's a, two, it, it's a two-pronged plan they seem there's to a, have. There's two prongs to this plan. In one of them, mm-hmm. after they show up, the Wraiths attack. And in the other one, after they show up, the Wraiths attack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's for different reasons. <laughs> they accomplish two different goals. I don't know why you can't just let me have this. It's I, perfectly reasonable. I will never let you have anything. <laughs> Folks, this is how I have to be. <laughs> this is how you exist day to day with me around you. You're like, <sighs> oh, I I might like to have something good in my life, and I slap it out of your hands. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, after they get a bunch of like cool equipment and, and congratulations and dog treats and whatever else it is they want, uh, we open in the middle of one of their first ops on the planet Zutar or Zutra or something. It starts with an X. Yeah. So they uh, have gotten a little more sophisticated since their last time that they had face dress up as a officer and try to fake communications from last episode now they've got a full like polymer face mask thing that gives him like uh new looks covers up all of his scars and stuff mission impossible mask yeah he's got just full like ooh, there's little like moles and different types of tiny scars and things so it is a very high quality disguise kit that i assume 
I guess was just aboard Akbar's ship that he's like, hey, can I have your cool makeup kit? And he's like, oh, my makeup kit. <laughs> I've been using that to pretend to be a police chief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to take my mustache, aren't you? <laughs> I look so cool in that mustache. <laughs> I need an antacid. You see, like that, like that. It's like, part, of, part of the whole thing. I'm actually famously very nice. <laughs> very famously. Uh, so Face now has his full Mission Impossible getup, and we also established that he has a, like, deep fake hollow projector thing if he needs to pretend to be the captain. Mm-hmm. But right now he's just, again, pretending to be, like, some lieutenant. Yes. That has been sent down, and he is getting a tour of a facility on a planet that has recently signed up with Zinge. Yes, and they are also a signatory to the New Republic. So uh, whatever's going on on this planet, they're doing a little bit of double dealing. Yeah, the you know he even asked them at one point, like, so how do you reconcile the fact that you are signed up with the New Republic and that you have signed up with Zinge? And he's like, oh, my predecessor signed up with the Republic. I don't truck with that shit. Yeah. I'm an asshole. I, and I signed up with a warlord for some reason. I'm an empire man. And if that means I got to take a pale, weird imitation of the empire, then that's okay. Yeah. By the way, the planet is basically has like a G.I. Joe villain name. It's called Zartoon. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to get that action figure. <laughs> I think he's one of the ones that has a twin brother and they change ch- color if you put him in cold water. Zartoon definitely has a button and he kicks when you press it. <laughs> Yes, I know that's Tomax and Zaymot. <laughs> so he is getting a tour, and the facility that this planet has is Transparasteel, is this entire factory. Yes. So that's their whole deal. Yeah, they make that special kind of Transparasteel that's got that blast uh, blindness prevention stuff on it. So it's super hardened against, like, laser fire and so on. Yeah, but the also... shit you put in TIE fighters and capital ships. Anytime yes. you can look out a window in space, that's transparency. That's what these guys make here on this planet. And we don't get that much of this conversation. Basically, faces it has a, a quick conversation with him where he's like, hey, so, uh, so we are very pleased, especially with the whole land thing that you seem to be providing for us. And you, you did a great job, and I'm sure we'll all be very happy with you. Uh, but also, yes, I would like to see the interior of the building. And around that time, we kind of switched to it turning out that there's like a spy cam hidden in Face's hat, and we can see it through a bunch of hacking equipment that Grinder has. Yeah. Now, of course, <laughs> the governor I need to mention is Lord Houghton Ween. Yeah, Houghton Ween. That's not the guy we're talking to. The guy we're talking to is Nojin Kulb. <laughs> Kulb. Hey, I prefer that deal. I, I prefer that was just Cool B. Hey. I'm a cool bee. <laughs> Ladies love cool bee. <laughs> oh, Governor Coolb. Yeah, so this oh, is... Oh, yeah, no. Houghton Ween is an alias for yes. Zinge. Yes. He owns this factory, but it is under the name <laughs> Houghton Ween. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the many names that Zinge thinks is super cool. So he's, <laughs> he's creating fake names for himself everywhere under names like Troy Steel. Slick Laser Blast. <laughs> Beefy, buff, hard body. <laughs> Trick, sweet Ollie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Horace, cool penis. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> yep. In this case, it's Houghton Ween, which is really just a synonym for Horace, cool penis, anyway. 
Hey, out and ween. Not much. What's ween with you? <laughs> so, so yeah, Face gets into the shuttle and flies away with Cubber as the pilot. Cubber, the uh, the mechanic of the Nightcaller, uh, is serving as a pilot. He's in an ensign uniform. And we have a little bit of banter between the two of them where as they're blasting off, uh, it turns out that Cubber isn't a pilot at all. Like, he spent a couple of hours being trained by random X-Wing pilots and stuff, but he doesn't have a license to fly or anything. Yeah. And so he is really fucking up this flight and, and hurting everyone's backs and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a little jittery on the way up. And face, this is only two, it's just the two of them, because everyone else is off prepping to do the commando thing. Yeah. So, uh... So he's just like, who the fuck? What, what? Where did you get your license? This sucks. And Cover's like, I don't have a license. Hey, you want to train me? And and Face is like, sure, if it's a favor trade, because I need a mechanic to do something special to my droid, whose name is Vape, and I think I know what I what it should do. <laughs> Rip fat cotton. Yeah, it should definitely make like a steam train <laughs> and fill the air with with a heavily scent cotton candy scented clouds. <laughs> Just put a vape. Just put a big old hookah stem off the back of my R2 unit. You know that's something Star Wars already has. You know that if there isn't already, someone's got to make a hookah out of a fucking R2 R2 unit. (laughs) It's long been a dream of mine to make a bong out of... There's there's an old action figure of uh, Luke in in, uh, the the back-to-tank, where he's in that little diaper he was wearing, and he's in the back-to-tank. And the action figure, you fill it around him with water, and it comes with a little tube that comes out, and you can use it to blow bubbles Ah. into the water. And I've always been like, I... I got to bongify that thing. <laughs> How's that not a bong? I, oh, because it's ridiculously expensive. I've never seen it for more than like 30 or 40 bucks when I've come across it. I've just traditionally been quite poor. And also, I don't know how to make a bong. I just feel like you could make that into one. I'm not like a bong crafter. I'm not a bongs I don't myself. even like bongs. <laughs> I don't even like weed. I, well, I like weed. I just don't like I, bongs. I'm truly one of those people that hates all drugs. That's fair. You're allowed to. Yeah. Uh, not even a Tylenol for me, thanks. Even even the good ones? <laughs> a good Tylenol? A good drug of any kind? Yeah. What about a new drug? One that one that won't try to bite or whatever. <laughs> no, that's a duck. That's a new duck. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm conflating my, my Huey Lewis with my Weird Al, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> what if I get a new drug? One that won't give me the shits. <laughs> okay. I think that's the lyrics to that song, right? <laughs> I think that is. I think that's the official lyrics to the song. <laughs> Well, it won't turn my poop green. <laughs> One that makes me feel the way I feel when I'm with you, when my poop is brown. You know. That's how you and I, that's our relationship. When I'm with you, I feel regular. I have normal poops. <laughs> I'm, I'm shit like a champion with, when I'm with you. Sweetie, I love you because my poops are normal. <laughs> that's why. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, now we check in, we're off in the forest overlooking this factory facility and it's time for a lot of prep discussion. Kel's in charge cause I, I guess this is a demolition op and yeah, they're going to blow up the fucking factory. He's, so he's in charge. So he has a lot of experience in demolition related commando raids. So he's running the show. Yeah. Um, so grinder is showing him the video feed from faces face camera, uh, which shows us that there's a special button you can press to open and close the doors. It's not done from a wall switch or something. It's like a remote. Yeah. A guy has a little signal that they assume is like, Oh, if you don't give this signal, then like an alarm will go off. They know that you just bypassed the door. Yes. So they're like, all right, we need to get that signal. Hey, Jasmine, did you record a signal by chance? Yeah, boy, oh boy, are they ever talking in this one. Because we get a lot of shit from Grinder yakking on about hacking. And then Jasmine's like, yeah, I've been recording everything anyone said on any frequency at all for the last eight hours. <laughs> it's like, 
that is very wasteful. And she's like, nah, it's fine. It's fine because we, I have an algorithm built into it that detects whether or not anything interesting happened and it cuts the rest and puts it into like, gets rid of it. So let me check around. Let me synchronize my time with, with a uh, grinder. And then grinder gets in trouble for not having already synchronized his time. Yeah. He's so, like, Oh, I told everyone to synchronize the chronos on all their various things. And he's like, Oh, I didn't do it. We did. All our chrono trigger characters are the same level. We, we did what you told us. <laughs> we synced up our chronos. <laughs> Uh, everyone has the same number of clones of Chrono that they got from Dr. Norstein Beckler's lab. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, so she's like, yeah, I, about eight seconds after his thing, there was a flurry of, of activity that I, I have stored and, and he's like, great, make a recording of imprint of that and prep to be able to send it out yourself in case I want to open or close those doors. Yeah. And she's like, you got it, boss. And then he he goes through a bunch more bullshit about being a good commando leader in the woods. He's barking out orders about who's going to take watch, all this other kind of crap. Man, can I just say, I thought for sure that that would matter even a little bit. Oh, that the watch? Fucking, no, the signal. Oh, yeah. No, it, it does. It just doesn't do anything dramatic. No, it doesn't do fucking anything. No. He just at one point is like, hey, press that button. Yes, and, and she does, and it makes the door opener close. So, you know, the fact that he adva- prepped in advance for the that door. It's, it's not even a door open close. It's press this button after a door opens oh, so, it so, they, so it won't yeah. do a signal that yeah. says someone's breaking in. But I thought, oh, this will come in. There will be some reason for this. To- no, it's just some random shit in the background that they have to spend two pages telling you about a weird little guy Look, I'm not that pressed lie. a button. Chapter 15 is almost nothing. It is just, you get that cool face interaction where you like establish what the what the Nightcaller is doing nowadays, and that's kind of neat. And then we cut up to the jungle where Keltainer is just rambling on about commando bullshit for so long. He's like one of those people that can't just take a long rest in D&D. They have to describe every minute of what their character is doing. He's doing that, where he's like, all right, here's the deal. Here's the order watch breakdown. I'm going to take first watch. Jansen, you're going to take second watch. We won't need a third watch, but if we did need a second watch for any reason, Piggy, you're on third watch. Okay, now, uh, everyone make sure you check, double check, and triple check all of your equipment. I'm going to go through all of my equipment. I've got this kind of bomb, this kind of bomb, this kind of detonator, this other kind of bomb. The fact that he's like, oh, I have... All of these things that are like, I got 27 different types of bombs and explosives. All of them are like color coordinated and put in different pockets and packages. And they're all set so that I can tell what is what just by touch. And everything is in its little place. And I've got a little data pad with all the rundowns of different types of explosives in case I need to figure out a different explosive that I don't currently have on me. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn, all right, man. I appreciate the fact that he is an actual badass in his his original field of demolitions. Uh, in fact, all of them are much in- more interesting in their commando mode than they are in their pl- in their in their X wings. Yeah, because then you're when you're in an X wing, you're most- in an X wing all the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to finish the lyrics in my head. I was like, from your first cigarette to your last dying ding, <laughs> dying ding. <laughs> Got to rhyme with X wing. <laughs> but yeah, they all get together and of course they have to do their watch they figure out that like okay we're gonna hit at a point because we're not trying to just kill innocent factory workers obviously obviously they're like we want to make sure that all of the people have left for the night yes we want it to be as empty as possible as empty as gotham at uh, gotham harbors after 5 p.m <laughs> as empty as a goth club at 12 in the afternoon <laughs> and they 
just watch a whole bunch of shit like this this fucking chapter is it's just a lot of watching a factory and then someone going i noticed there were people and he's like good good note that that'll be important later it won't everyone track down and note that there's people and 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 everyone gets a little bit of business here there's a part where mindonos he's a sniper so his job for the whole day has been to train his sniper rifle on the base and watch things so he's out there watching his like a regular shipment of Imperial crap is taken off planet and various like cargo ships and so on. And all the soldiers file away back to the barracks and not to the secret base thing. So he knows it's mostly empty. And when he comes tra- traipsing back through the forest, we get a bit where like the three most badass people in the group, all pull their guns and point them at him immediately. Yeah. To be like, look, this is how on edge everybody is. If we hear some rustling in the bushes, we're going to pull guns. Yeah. Wes Jansen, Fallon Sandskimmer, and I don't know, Piggy or something. So three of them were like the most on edge. I do like that we got a little bit of Sandskimmer business in these chapters as yes. well, because everyone has something to do. Her deal is that she's a driver. Yeah. She's, she's the vehicle person. Yes. So she's in charge of like when they are going to leave, she's going to find a vehicle in the actual like, uh, manufactory that they will use. She's also later in the chapters, like in charge of hot wiring some random shit. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, good. You have a job here. I thought you were just the angry one. No, she's just the Tatooinian farm one. Her whole deal is that she used to be able to bullseye womp rats from a T16 back at home. That's and her whole deal. That's why she's so good at land speeders and knowing about cars and so on, because Luke was. Exactly. <laughs> and she hates it if you say that. Yeah, she does not want you to point out the similarities. Um, but yeah, everyone's got a specialty. So, uh, Jasmine's going to be running communication. She does not need to go on the raid itself. Mindonos is also, oh, no, she's there. The only two that don't go on the raid are Donos and, uh, Jansen J- and is, Jansen. J- Jansen is third. Uh, Cause, I, yeah. Cause yeah. we have Donos stays way back in the forest with his like snipers to yes. look out. And then Jansen comes a little bit forward, like halfway to the factory yeah, and hides. his uh, hideout. Yeah, and he's like, I'll be the watch from here. Because the whole deal with Jansen is that, unlike almost everybody else on this squad, he was not handpicked because of his commando experience, but he's like a raw and ridiculous badass marksman. He's an incredibly good shot from medium range. Yeah, so they're like, all right, Donos is a great shot from range, so he gets sniper position, Yeah, and then you have to move up and also be a lookout, but you have to be within, like, hand blaster range. I will also give it credit. There's a part in this chapter I hate, because it's going to ruin the the rest of this chapter and also the next one, when out of nowhere, after he eats breakfast, which is, uh, as I remember, nameless meaty balls. Yep. They have one of the weirdest, like, just army ration things where they get a trunk and it auto-cooks just meatballs for you? I, I mean, MREs work like that. They have a they have a chemical heater built into them, so when you rip the cord, you cook the, cooks the food. Yeah, but in this one, it was described... It basically sounded, when they were describing it, like he pulled up a fucking guitar case and hit a button and it cooked food for him. So I think what's supposed to be happening there is he does pull up a case and it dispenses a foot-long Hungry Man-style dinner-shaped box. He gets which, a Salisbury steak. Yeah, and then it cooks itself, and, and when he opens it up he's not paying attention because he's too busy prepping for the mission and he's eating nameless meaty balls Mm. (laughs) love those nameless meaty balls yeah that's one of my favorite side quests in uh planescape torment is when you have to find nameless meaty balls yeah that's uh, my favorite song from south park (laughs) (laughs) that's shameless meaty balls (laughs) anyway uh (laughs) then he's like all right everybody from here on out we don't use our names, just our call numbers. And I'm like, no, fuck you. Oh, don't, God no, damn it, I, no. Don't I make, don't know what any of you are. Boo. 
Uh, it's especially bad whenever they're like, and then six looked around the corner and went, okay, eight, it's good to go. And I'm like, I don't know who any of you are. I mean, at this point, I do. That's, I think, Kel and Runt. But, but Kel no, is... Kel, Runt is five. Oh, because right. they're Kel five and six. six. Five and six. Yeah, I forget who eight is then. I, I know Wedge and Jansen are 11 and 12. Uh, we reverse that, but yes. Yeah, 13 is Piggy. No, he's 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 like ten. I think he's because there's no thirteen. There's only twelve people in the squadron. No, he's fourteen. He's twenty three. <laughs> can't do. You're not going to make me wrong on this one. <laughs> it's twelve people in the squadron, and they're one through twelve. There's there's only twelve. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Piggy's thirteen. <laughs> he ain't people. <laughs> Lucky thirteen. <laughs> so, but yeah, they switched to name to, from names to numbers, and I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it! But then that is the only time in which Kel will directly talk to Jansen. Is when he doesn't have to call him by name. Because the moment he's like, from now on, we all switch from names to numbers. Eleven, you're going to stay here and do the halfway watch. And he just goes, mm-hmm, and nods. Uh-huh. Yep, because that's their, that's where they're at. Yeah. I can talk to you when you're a number. I was amazed that he put Jansen on second watch. Because I was like, really? You don't want him to be asleep? You want him to be awake when you're asleep? You're fucking paranoid. Why are you doing that? <laughs> I don't think he thinks Jansen wants him dead. I think... Jansen thinks Kel wants him dead, but I don't think I that think goes both ways. I think they both, both think the other one wants them dead. <laughs> Maybe that was the only way he could rationalize taking the first watch was if he offered him the other one. Uh, the other thing I like about this chapter is that it establishes that Donos, he's he's a wreck, he's emotionally a mess, and he's got some real serious problems, but he is a perfectly good sniper in that he is content to sit somewhere for eight hours and look through a scope and he will not say a word or complain. And even when other people start talking over the radio, he's like, nope. Yeah. They start getting into fucking chatter when shit goes sideways eventually. And he is just dead fucking silent. Cause they're like, yeah, unless he has something to add, he's not going to say anything. Yeah. So he is being a very good sniper. He doesn't take any of a bunch of shots. Cause no one told him to. Yeah. So he he's is... like, I will shoot if it will save a life. And otherwise I'm chill. Yeah. So, so that's kind of neat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they prep for their big silly mission. Is there anything else they go over in this section? Not really. I mean, we get sort of the generic thing of, like, you know, obviously our slicer will do slicing Mm -hmm. and our, you know, driver will do vehicles. There is a bit where then they break down into teams to move through the jungle. Wedge is assigned to hang around with Tyria. Yeah, they change up the, the squad. So instead of everyone going with their wingmate, it's like, oh, like... Kel's going to go with Grinder because he needs a slicer with him when he's doing all of his dumb horseshit. Yeah, and wedges with the two of them to watch their backs, but he goes with Tyria for the purposes of moving through the jungle for whatever reason. But they do it based on who would be useful and not just who's squad mates because of X-Wing skill. Exactly. So, so yeah. Well, Runt is along for the mission. He's not, ta- he's not tagging around with Kel. Instead, he's mostly there as, like, the super strong one. Yeah. You know. And also Piggy. <laughs> Piggy is also very I strong. I love that they're like, ooh, he's the strong one. I'm like, you already have a strong one, and it's Piggy. <laughs> but he's also the smart one. You fucked up. <laughs> well, Runt is proving to be the the incre- increasingly uh, no- rational noticing thing, the observant one, uh, because of his many brains. His their, many brains. Their, their many brains. I think we have to use they for, yes. for, for Runt. Yes. Um, but yeah, Wedge is spending a bunch of time pointing out how badass at moving through jungles Tyria is. Yeah, he's like, you know, I've been going on a bunch of, like, commando missions recently, and I'm not bad at this, but Tyria is a fucking ghost. Yeah, like, she holds still when the wind stops. 
Like she is, she only moves when there is wind covering her noise. And if anything else makes noise in there, she immediately drops and is silent. Yeah. And you're like, all right, cool, good. So he, and he, he remembers something about her at that point that I had forgotten, which is that she has been living off the grid by necessity for a long time. Oh, yeah. Like, the, once all the other Alteran rangers or whatever they are were, were killed, she just kept living in the jungle by that model, living in by herself, wandering through the woods, avoiding detection, until she finally joined the New Republic. Yeah, her whole, I mean, the whole planet she's from basically got bombed into the Stone Age, and then they had to survive in the jungles, or else, if they showed their face, the Empire would murder them. So basically everyone that survived from her planet is like, yeah, we all had to be amazing at being in the jungle, yeah. or else we would be dead. And also, she this had is special... a Jumanji situation. Yeah, and she had special training before that, so she's especially cool at it. It doesn't come up again. It's just neat that we get that little description as they make their way through, so you know, like, oh yeah, she's here for a reason. Yeah, it it is also one of those things where I'm like, man, I understand because we found out before her whole backstory of like, oh, you're a shitty pilot, and that sticks in your craw, and that's why you care, but. That's not why you're here. No one's like, we need you to be the best pilot ever. Like, no, you're an amazing ranger. That's why you're on the squad. Yeah. The real question is, why didn't she try to join whatever the New Republic Rangers are? <laughs> I, I mean, I assume it's because Gina Carano was there and she didn't want to get involved in that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do get the whole, oh, because she was a she wanted to be a pilot but sucked at it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, then don't be a pilot. Like, do other things. There are other jobs. Yeah. Like, she could be one of the people who gets the, the Han Solo-style camouflage trench coat and wanders around the forest moon of Endor sniping Ewoks. It's weird that she even wanted to be a pilot initially, and that's the program she went into. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I know it's because they were Luke, like, ooh, you've got some Force sensitivity. Yeah. We get it. We want you to be a pilot. But you'd think she'd be like, I've been in the jungle my entire life. I've never been behind the seat of a vehicle before yeah let alone like a fucking fighter jet yeah what do you think is gonna happen how come you aren't painting my face giving me a carbine and sticking me in some woods that's what i'm good for oh because we're inefficient we're the republic <laughs> we let tim meadows make our decisions <laughs> oh I, if you aren't watching mandalorian there was recently an episode where he where tim meadows shows up and he's making important new republic decisions good and it's not a spoiler because it's like two episodes back great <laughs> uh okay yeah no one was mad about that one everyone was just mad about jack black and lizzo yeah sure the people complaining about that are killing me we're like like stop the presses i want to get off the planet if jack black and lizzo are in star wars i'm like why what do you give a fuck they're just some actors it's uh, fine what's the, what's the line at which you're cool with some actors and not cool with others was Hayden Christensen that good of a choice that you're not? <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't want actors if they're not in serious roles that I normally like them in. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, the first, the, the second movie starred Grover, right? <laughs> <laughs> they put Fozzie Bear in one of these, and he just sounded like Fozzie Bear. That's the thing. <laughs> you need to understand. And at this point, he's in like five of them. Maybe six. Maybe. So get over yourself. But anyway, um, it's uh, it's time for the actual raid itself. This is a chance for Grinder to show off because they get to the control panel. You have to slice to get into the hangar building. And they're like, that looks like a regular control panel. And he's like, it's never a regular control panel. Not with Zinge. With Zinge involved. 
which is weird to me. There's a lot of shit in this raid where they're like, ooh, they have a double secret super code in case someone comes in and there's a fake panel in front of the real panel that has wiring behind the fake panel that will let you slice in, but also... And I'm like, you make windows. <laughs> Who fucking cares? I mean, they make windows for the Empire. It's in a new... Repu- and it's a planet that is a signatory to the New Republic. It makes sense it's a big secret. No, it makes sense that they are trying to keep things secret, but that they'd be like, we have to make sure we have the utmost of security so that no one fucks with our windows i'm like no if this was a munitions plant sure but what are you worried about what i'm grumpy about is them providing this much of a of a slobbery job to zinge out of nowhere we're like it's never ordinary with zinge everything is two steps to the left of where you'd expect it and i'm like didn't you guys steal one of his ships by shooting a gamorian into it into a (laughs) in a shriner x-wing like he ain't special (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's it's very weird to me that they're like, yes, obviously, Zinge would have made sure this place had super ultra double secret security. I'm like, you just signed with him. When did this happen? <laughs> when did he allocate this random window plant the funds for super duper secret security? I mean, I assume he Imperials come down and build all this shit. That's probably how because it turns out the plant is way bigger than even face got to see. There's secrets they're keeping even from him because they're compartmentalizing. Oh, Zinj is too smart to let anyone but him know everything that's going on. They're running it like a rebellion cell where yeah. each cell only knows part of the thing. So if you take down one you can't take down everyone yeah because once they hack in they find that yeah they are making the the front facing canopy windows for tie fighters no one's surprised about that but if you go down a secret level or whatever oh my gosh they're making the big transparent steel bulkheads for star for star destroyers including for the super star destroyer that zinge owns the iron fist i think yeah you know in case the giant front view window on my super star destroyer gets a crack what are you <laughs> What are you talking about? How many Super Star Destroyers do you have that you need an entire factory for making new windows? I mean, I feel like it takes an entire factory to make one is probably. I mean, those those windows are like a quarter mile long. (laughs) Yeah, it's just it is weird to me because I'm like, why are you replacing? What happened to the windows that you need to replace the windows? What are you? what are you scared of? Look, Zinge, his son threw a baseball through the w- the front window of his Star Destroyer. They were roughhousing. Yeah, they were roughhousing. <laughs> a lot of Imperial pilots and stuff died, and now it's patched. But, you know, he his son needs to learn a lesson, so he's going to pay for the new window. You see a half com- a kilometer long cardboard box with duct tape around the window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the galaxy's biggest black trash bag. <laughs> We just put it up so maybe, you know, ants won't get in or something. (laughs) If it rains in space, we're going to be at least a little protected. (laughs) At least until Zinge Jr. builds a new one or buys a new one. Uh, He's saving up his pennies. And let me tell you, he's going to work for it. (laughs) He's mowing a lot of lawns. (laughs) But yeah, just the fact that this isn't a factory that makes anything important is why I'm like, you could have picked anything else, and no, I would have been like, ooh, oh. obviously, that's why this needs to be destroyed and send in the demolition team. But when they're like, we're going to do a full commando raid to stop windows from happening, I'm like, why? <laughs> Who cares? I mean, okay. You're blowing up this planet's, like, livelihood, and for what? 
Well, I mean, okay, let's, let, first of all, they're not windows, they're canopies, and if you stop the canopy production for the TIE Fighters, then no more TIE Fighters, you can't send them out with not with not a canopy, yeah, it is you, a linchpin. Aren't the people who make the TIE Fighters putting fucking glass in them? Yeah, they and then they have to outsource the glass, where do you think they're getting it? It's not all done. It's a big galaxy, it's a is what I'm one saying. One-stop shop. Sure, it's a big galaxy, but this is a major supply line of Tie Fighter canopies. And sure. Here we are. Sure. This is fine. Fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'm right there with you on noticing that the making extra windows for the Iron Fist is dumb. You think like you only got to put those in once. Those are. Those are sediment. For, like those are at least made out of gorilla glass or something. No, it's it's one of those things where I keep going like you didn't just get a fucking crack when a rock hit you on the highway. If something happened to that glass, your shit is fucked. Yeah. So it's either fine or not. (laughs) Well, maybe that's why he consistently changes them, you know, to stop like just for, and you know, he's got to, of course, take it down to, I assume some dry dock, some dry dock somewhere. And then they flood it with vacuum or they flood the air out and then fix it in vacuum. And they do it all the time. And not because they took damage, but because they, Constantly lose structural integrity is a normal function of the wear and tear that happens on capital ships. When you're he's roughhousing just, when you're kid. Yeah, he's just being pragmatic. <laughs> <sighs> I'm on the big mustached fascist side here. <laughs> I wish I wasn't. Boy, I wish I wasn't arguing on this side. <laughs> anyway. At least the space trains, whatever, whatever. Fucking Grinder realizes that the panel is a fake panel with fake wires behind it that has a real panel that you have to remove three panels to get to the real panel. Yes. And he's like, great. And Kel's like, this is, of course, a very difficult maneuver. Did it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like the part where they describe he's been holding a flashlight in his mouth for too long, so he's drooling a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And he just needed that detail. asking him questions. Yeah. He's sitting there trying to slice in, holding a flashlight in his mouth. He's like, well, you see the... Or you're trying to fix the, the control panel or the wires. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm some sort of cat, dog, horse, and I do not need this. Both of are weird, man. Weird. Anyway, they get inside. And now, Kel, who's in full commando mode, is like, I don't need to waste time with orders. Everyone knows your, your assignments. Get to it. And then he runs off to go down a, a, a turbo lift to get to where he's going to be starting to set off charges and all the structural stuff. And they come to the turbo lift door is auto closed and won't open because they've turned off most of the power to the building and only runt can get it open because he has super strength. Yeah. You know, that way and he, we get, of course we get a little scene where fucking grinder tries to lift it up and he's like, Oh, my little baby hands. I can't do it. Oh, if oh. only there was a big, strong horse that Man, would help me. Many both in hands were ouchied in this attempt. And then Runt's just like, ho oh, ho, let me handle this. Let us do this. Oh, here we go. It's easy for us. By the way, did anyone lose a football? <laughs> I'm looking for my beach ball. I think it was a that way, a visual gag on a podcast. <laughs> I hope someone got it anyway. I'm sure they got it. He's flexing. <laughs> He's flexing and he's magnificent. <laughs> he is Flex Mentalo, hero of the beach. I just assume he's that that handsome muscle dude with the big chin from the memes, but with the with the uh, meme horse mask on. I, I, that's that's what what I picture when I picture Hohash Equest. Sure, <laughs> just that guy with that mask. Or as I imagine, 
Flex Mentallo with that mask. <laughs> as long as he has that, they have Hero that mask. Hero of the beach. <laughs> uh, we were there on Scarif. <laughs> okay. Um, they all split up. They split up, sure. So it's Wedge and uh, Kel go put some structural uh charges down in like the various columns and whatnot that are holding this place up yes uh they have i think it's jasmine and fainan are somewhere yeah they're the ones who are basically on watch from inside the building yeah and then like piggy interior are checking out the uh various vehicles they're helping grinder download shit um i, I think because if phelan and piggy are the ones who are because phelan's job is to source a vehicle and ruin all the other oh, ones. Oh, yeah, Phelan. Sorry, Phelan and Piggy is are oh, doing the vehicles. Okay, yeah, sorry. Fa- yeah, Fallon and Phelan and Fainan are too close, aren't yes. they? We should start calling him Tawn. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Phelan is, uh, or Fallon, however you want to say her name, she's supposed to source a vehicle, so we get a little bit of her mentioning what kinds of vehicles they are. Yeah. And they're all very original Star Wars playset. We get an XP-38 Landspeeder, which is the Luke one. Uh-huh. And we get Nubrickian Sand Skiff as the, uh, the vehicle that they're going to escape in, which is the Sail Barge. <laughs> I think it's the little one. Why is there a fucking sail barge in a window factory? Like, I might be wrong. I'm going off memory here, but I think Ubrickian Skiff is the little sail barges that attended the big one. Uh, so I think they're they're to escape in one of those, or they might just have a whole big one. Well, I mean, the one that they eventually escape in are basically a big dump truck. It's, yeah, it's basically like a big-ass truck, because they use it to fucking run over a TIE fighter. Yeah. So I'm inclined to think it might be the big one, although I should look it up before I just say for sure it's the sand skiff. Well, yeah, because I was going to say, it also has two big old grabber claws on the side. Well, that just tracks with the... Uh, remember that there was that thing they used to pick up R2 from the bottom of it and so on? It had lifters and junk. <laughs> And that was one of the little ones. It didn't have grabber claws. It just had like a little fucking a little magnet lunch. that went yeah. down and, and picked it up. And the thing up. that you, they use to grab the TIE Fighters here is an electromagnet on a stick. It's not a grabber claw. The grabber claws are on the things that are about to attack our heroes. <laughs> yes, they all split up and Runt is the first to go, hey, anybody hear anything? And everyone else goes, no, of course not. And then he immediately gets fucking got. <laughs> and we go to the next chapter. Uh, yeah, we jump to the next chapter where the claw and scuttling and all that, it's a probe droid. We can just, we can skip yeah. the part where you think they might be defending their base with like Garthim or something. Yeah, it's a probe they, droid. They're originally like, ooh, it's, it's weird and round and has like dangly bits and pincers and all this sort of nonsense going on. And I'm like, oh, that's not, is that, is that the probe droid or is that the torture droid? And nope, it's the probe droid. Yeah, yeah. So there'd be, <laughs> it would be hilarious if the probe droid or the uh, torture droid was in here. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, if you made a military version of the like torture droid, yeah. and it just like shows up and goes, I zap your balls off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Present nameless meaty balls. <laughs> <laughs> so. So they're fighting probe droids, which is, you know, you've only ever seen the one in Empire Strikes Back, and they shoot it from a great distance, so you don't have to, like, compare it to things. But they're big and mean. and they It's, they, it's weird that they didn't hear them coming when they were frimming on the frim-fram. <laughs> frimming on the fram. <laughs> and uh, we get the first two that they have to do, and that's uh, obviously Wedge and Kel have to take care of one of them. Yes. And, and it, then it's Tyria and, I think, Tawn. Tyria, Tawn, and uh, Runt are, are pinned down by yeah. the other one for a while. 
Uh, although it, that part gets confusing because there's a bunch of people in one big warehouse and they keep showing up to help in various ways and they're all just going by their numbers. Yeah, at it, least the Wedge and Kel one is straightforward because no one else shows up for their fight. Plus, it's from West, Wedge's point of view and in his head, he's not calling Kel six. Yeah. So that that's helpful. Uh, but yeah, he can't fight it. And the first thing the probe droid does when it sneaks up on them is briefly knock Kel to the ground. Yeah, it basically body tackles him for some reason. Yes. And I'm like, oh, you have weapons, a blaster and a stabber and a grabber. But you decided to just sort of like hockey check this dude into the glass. Well, it worked. It knocked him briefly unconscious. He gets pulled to safety by Wedge. He eventually wakes up while Wedge is calling for help over a radio and for some reason decides to be a smug dick. And even though he can clearly tell Wedge is on the phone, he's like, no, I'm here. I'm, I, I know exactly what's going on. And Wedge is like, clearly I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Jesmine. I hate that joke. Well, I mean, I at least get it if he's like, oh, there's a probe droid here. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm I like, know. oh, he's just waking up from a concussion. <laughs> he's not quite all there yet. I do like that Wedge is like, how are we going to fucking beat this thing? We have no, our blasters won't get it or anything. And, and Kel's like, yeah, I, Clearly. I am I, strapped I, I to bear in bombs. <laughs> Wedge is like, wait, you think you can use a bomb to take it out? Yeah, duh. What I'm going to need you to do, though, is distract it so I can get a vector on it. Yeah, which I, I found particularly hilarious. Like, there's a reason that probe droids are basically floating cylinders, and it's so they can have eyes on all their sides. <laughs> they can detect what's going on around them. Yeah, but apparently not. It's got one big eye. It, ne- it needs that to be mad at Wedge. <laughs> so it tracks Wedge and shoots at him a little bit. And then after a little while, Kel jumps on it and sl- slaps a bomb on it and blows it up. Yep. And loses both of them their hearing for a while. Kel and Wedge can't hear for the rest of this chapter. Yeah, we get that wonderful thing where, you know, he runs up and he's like, hey, did you do a thing? And then, of course, Kel yelled something at me and I couldn't hear it. So I yelled what? And then he yelled something at me and I think it was what? Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, the folks upstairs are running into the same problem. These probe droids... Super hardened armor, and their little hand blasters can't do anything to them. Uh, luckily, there's a lot of hanging plates that are the front canopies of TIE fighters everywhere, yeah. and that is made of a steel that's designed to withstand everything but space gun, like spaceship oh, yeah. fire, so they can hide behind these things and get shot at by probe droids, and it's not even as scary, because when they get hit, the blast wave causes the the uh, the, sh- the uh, glass to briefly darken. Yeah. Now, Tyria eventually is like, oh, I know. I'll fucking just slam this thing into the wall in the back of my Dragula. I'll just hit it with a fucking car. Yeah, it just takes one of the fucking, like, forklifts moving glass and backs into the probe droid and pins it against a wall. Yeah, that was the part where I started getting confused. I was like, great, you managed to pin it against a wall with a car. Good job. Now you guys can, I don't know, concentrate fire. Like, a Phelan shoots out its eye thing. That doesn't appear to matter in any way. No. And, you know, he's... Uh, Fainan is shooting his gun at it a bunch, and I was like, yeah, I'm sure that'll work after a few days. You'll manage to melt through its military-grade armor. Yeah, but what I was confused about is that I think Piggy then shows up. and no, Runt. Runt shows up and also hits it with a car or just parks a car? He basically manages to, because... Maybe he hits the first car with a car? Yeah, because what they do is she backs one car into it and pins it, but it's, you know a military-grade probe droid. It's wriggling around. It's going to try and get free. So Runt puts two other cars and parks them on top of it on either side of that and just pins them in three directions and is like, there, fuck you. (laughs) Okay, you wriggle or whatever. You frim on the fram. And of course, when when, uh, Wedge and Kel show up and they're like, oh, 
you got you got a guy there and they're like, Yeah, we can't kill it though. We just had it there. And Kel's like, Yeah, hold on a second, and just throws a nade into it. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, it's great. Don't yeah, worry about it's it. It's fine. Although those were A two and A three probe droids, and we're about to cut to a, a brief vignette where A one, the other probe droid in here, flies up an elevator shaft to try and kill everyone, and then the elevator door slams it into into paste on the ground a bunch of times. Yeah. I mean, because we got the A two, A three, I was like Ooh, A1's coming, and that's going to have to do something cool. But no, Grinder just clowns on it. <laughs> Grinder fucking just goes, uh, I dropped the door on you a couple times, and then you're squished. Yeah, it's qu- he squishes it into parts, and you're like, why would... Okay, I-, I guess that's for security reasons. Why would you build an elevator door that can squish a-, a-, a military-hardened droid into paste, and I guess it's for this exact scenario? I mean... At least with that, I'm like, oh, Grinder took the safeties off. So he just yeah. slams the giant, like, huge metal doors yeah, down it's just, on it's it. just gravity. It's not like they put a bunch of pistons in there so they can squish factory workers for fun. <laughs> I mean, they might have. I mean, imagine if you're like... When you're dealing with Zinge, you never know when you'll need to squish a factory yeah. worker. Imagine you're just, like, trying to get back up for your lunch break and you see the other person in the elevator. You're like, hold that elevator door. And they're like, fuck no, are you kidding? <laughs> I'm not going to put my hand out for that. I will lose it. <laughs> That'll hit me so hard it'll kill my family. (laughs) So uh, that's gonna turn me into some nameless meaty balls. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Jasmine makes herself useful by pointing out that uh oh, the Frim Fram droids alerted some people, and a platoon of stormtroopers and two Tie Fighters just pulled up out front. Yeah. Now these are not like actual professional for real stormtroopers. They are in pretty much hand me down. Yeah. Like. Maybe one of them's got a breastplate and another one's got a helmet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They're like World War II Russian stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> one of them has a gun. One of them has an energy clip for the gun. Yeah. <laughs> and they all show up and they're like, all right, well, that's fucked. But at least there's only like two ways in. And one of them is an absolute kill room because there's just a small door that they would have to get through. Yeah. And the other one is... The big door. The big door, but they have control over it. Yeah, that Jesmond has control over. Uh, And so they settle down for a nice planning session while TIE fighters shoot that door, because eventually they'll shoot through it with with enough concentrated fire. They managed to get Jansen in, which I don't know why they were worried about him getting in there. Well, it's because he'd already killed like three of them. That's like one of the last things that happened. No, he kills them on his way in. They're like, hey, Jansen, get in here. Yeah, because they, well, I I don't know why he wanted to be inside so bad, but yeah, on his way in, he sees them all and he's like, okay, well, here come all the stormtroopers. Ah, there's the one who's obviously, obviously their leader. Shoot him in the face, shoot another one in the back, shoot a third one in the face. And while they're still trying to figure out what's going on, I'll walk over. God, these guys are terrible shots. And then he's pinned for a second, and the door opens a little bit, and I, I think they'd and say Piggy it's, just Piggy, grabs his fucking ankle and yeah. yanks him Piggy in. Piggy just hauls him in. He's like, well, thanks, Piggy. <laughs> thanks, ten. my man. Thanks, Ten. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Kel's coming up with the plan, and the plan is, hey, Phelan, you know he locked down all the vehicles? Yeah. Did you lock them down, like, digitally? Yeah. Okay, great. Can you unlock one and put it under remote control? Sure. Here's your XP-38 land speeder. What do you want? He's like, all right, Jesmond, when I give the signal, you open the door. I'll have that undriven land or unpiloted land speeder fly out, make a hard left, and zoom for freedom. Yeah, we're it's big distraction time yeah. so that they all fire at that Meanwhile, so that the TIE fighters don't blow up our big truck. Yeah, we'll fly out in, I, I have confirmed it now, it was a Bantha 2 cargo skiff. It's the, the thing that they, they tried to throw Luke into the Sarlacc off of. Fucking why is that in this place? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> 
Uh, at first, I was like, what, those fucking sand skiffs? You couldn't ram that into a TIE fighter. And then I was like, yeah, maybe, because they are built tougher because they're cargo haulers and they're they're like air-based where TIE fighters are meant to be in space. Well, yeah, of course, we do get the little callback where Wedge is like, hey, do you remember several chapters ago the repulsors that are on cargo haulers? Well, we can... Yeah, we can use them, I guess. So basically, they do the trick. It works. Both TIE fighters turn to fire at the, and they're emptying their clips into the wreckage of a burning land speeder. Like they're just being overzealous. Because oh, yeah. it, it flies off and they blast into it. All of the troops blast into yeah. it. And they're just like, no, nah, we need to make sure that this smoldering heap is actually dead. And out comes a sand skiff and it just runs over one of the TIE fighters, sends it rolling into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Just. Absolute ass over tea kettle. Mm. This fucking ball goes. And the other one starts chasing them, but it gets close enough to them that Wedge manning a repulsor crane on the side of the thing manage. That's why I keep thinking this might be actually Jabba's Jabba's barge like that big. Uh, manages to manhandle a crane with an electromagnet onto it and grabs the TIE fighter and just drags it along, scraping one of its wings on the ground. Yeah. And then the other one starts to kind of get its bearings and they're like nope and grab that one with the other side someone else grabs that one and now they're just dragging them both around and when they they're vibrating at a crazy ridiculous pace allowed loud enough to fill the air with a with a large scream oh yeah because they are just sort of dragging tie fighters along the ground road hauling these things and worrying about what might be happening to the pilots inside them but not much yeah they eventually you know while still going at speed cut the power to it and just fling them into the forest Yes, where one of them blows up and the other one just gets absolutely fucked. Like its wings are shredded and it just goes rolling off. They're like, yeah, we don't need to worry about that. Yeah. And then uh, they fly at breakneck speed. The the troops can't chase them anymore because there aren't any vehicles to chase them with. So they escape off into the forest where they pick up Mendonos, who immediately points out that they are the worst cargo pilots he's ever got encountered. You guys are terrible at doing cargo haulers. And it's good to see him joking. Back on your feet, Mind- I like to think that Mindonos is going to get better entirely in the background of this book. <laughs> no We're one's ne- ever going to help him. <laughs> we'll never address it. We'll just see him slowly getting better. Hi, guys. All it takes for you to get over PTSD is for people to leave you alone for about three to four weeks. <laughs> I'm all better now. <laughs> I like to think he's just dealing with it like correctly and through proper channels and we just start talking like he's got a regular therapist it turns out like every time he's not on screen yeah. he's just having fucking therapy sessions he's practicing mindfulness yeah, he's doing all the stuff you're supposed to he's writing letters to all of his fallen crewmates that uh, that, that are uh, absolving him of, of uh his guilt he's doing everything he needs to he's found religion huh? <laughs> at the end we get a part where kel's like you know, I met early on, I met him and he was really freaked out about a droid or something. I think he might have PTSD. And he's like, you're not a good friend, Kel. I solved that myself over a long time with other people who do care about me. Unlike you. (laughs) (laughs) Go with God. (laughs) You probably would have helped me sooner if you wanted to bone me. Am I right, Tyria, or what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you got him. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Right in those nameless meaty balls. And there you go. A successful mission has occurred. Yeah, they managed. Oh, oh, also, Kel presses the button and the, the yeah. factory blows up. You the know, whole the, thing obvious, blows up because he had been running around slapping shaped charges and all the structural pillars and the whole thing. So he, they they blow it up. Finally, we've managed to cripple Zinja's ability to have some windows, canopies, <laughs> a couple of windows. I would love it if they blew up his window factory that just makes windows for houses. <laughs> 
and there's uh. only bay windows, only for breakfast nooks. Ah! The only thing we blew up are those little round windows you get <laughs> that are way too high to reach and would be a pain in the ass to clean. Those ones. That kind of window that you either choose to have it open or close because you're never getting that stick out of the garage that you need to open it or close it with again. Yep. <laughs> It's on the second floor, but there's no way to get to it from the second floor, so it's just the way it is, and ever shall be. <laughs> we blew up that factory. <laughs> Fuck that factory. <laughs> so, there you have it. A successful mission. I like these chapters more than most. The uh, I mean, stuff happened. The prep chapter was a little boring, but ultimately, this did prove the concept here, which is that while well, the X-Wing stuff is okay... The, this group is neat to read about as a squad of commandos. Yeah, and all of them are very good at the shit they do. Yeah, their one specific skill, whether it's grabbing Jansen by the ankle or being kind of strong. I just uh, like that Jansen is is a smugly good marksman. It's just coincidental because he wasn't supposed to be on this squad. Yeah. Because there's a part where he's shooting at the start. Stormtrooper's just like, well, that one, that one, that one. Now I'm running. That one, that one, that one. And he's like, oh, man, I better get in here quick because... They're the worst shots I've ever seen, but I don't know, a ricochet might get me. Exactly. He's, he, he shoots six times and kills six stormtroopers. <laughs> Meanwhile, they are unloading and have hit nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's neat to see that they're all experts in their various fields. I like that. It's great. You love and, to see it. And there you go. That's 15 and 16. There it is. It ends up, there's no cliffhanger to the ending. It's kind of a whoop whoop victory. So we yeah, just have to just, see what's happening. Yeah, they just happening. win. Yeah. Who knows what, what what awaits us in the future. But for now, if you would like to find some extra Star Wars stuff to learn all about, why do I ever have the solution for you? My goodness, what could it be? Why, you could purchase Star Wars books anywhere for like a dollar. Just just go do it yourself. You could purchase a book for a dollar and read it. Uh-huh. Or, or you could go to patreon.com slash system mastery. Join us at the $4 a month level and you unlock our expanded expounded universe where we go to Wikipedia and we find various bits of Star Wars lore, history, and ephemera to bring to you, the listeners, and to entertain each other while we're at it. We place it right at your feet like so many half-chewed slippers, and it only costs you $4 a month. We place it right at your feet like a dead mouse, and we're very proud of it. <laughs> well, we just Look at this gross thing I gave we you. We think you're a terrible cat that can't hunt, so... <laughs> we, we think you're terrible at being a podcaster, and we <laughs> gave you a podcast. <laughs> so, please head to uh, patreon.com slash systemmastery. Support us at that level. There are other levels with other... A bill, uh, uh, supports you can surprise uh, surprise us with. You can surprise us, us with supports. supports. <laughs> that would be kind of a surprise uh, if someone showed up and gave us like a flying buttress or something. <laughs> I, I would be genuinely surprised. I definitely would be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I would be like, "How did you find me? Who else knows?" <laughs> Uh, there are other tiers you can support us at for other content you could unlock. For example, the $10 level, where you get two more shows, the Afterthought and the TV Mastery. Mm-hmm. Whatever level of support, we love you, and even if you can't support us, you can go. We and love make, you still, anyway. Love we love you dearly. You can like us, rate and review, and tell other people about us, and that would be great. So, hey, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again in a week with yet more exciting Star Wars content. And until such time as that, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagano. And I love nameless meaty balls. (laughs) 